The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. I'm going to take a, a look at a very famous psalm, Psalm 23. One that you all love, one that I love, and the one that has so much meaning. Now, I can't promise that I'm going to get through it all because it is a psalm packed with meaning, packed with symbolism, packed with things that you love. Even as I mention this, oh, there, I know that verse. There's verses within it that immediately spring to your mind. So we're going to take a look through that together this morning, and we shall see where we get with it. But I will say this. When it comes to this psalm, do you know, the Lord Jesus always spoke... To the people, when he spoke to them in the parables, it was always things, things that they would understand. He didn't speak about things, what is he on about? Yeah, his teaching may be difficult in part to be able to understand in comparison with what they've experienced in the law, etc. But he always used things that were very common to them. And one thing that crops up time and time and time again, not only in the teaching of Jesus, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the sheep and the goats, is shepherds. And sheep. And it's not just in the New Testament, is it? It's across the Bible as a whole. Shepherds and sheep. Familiar. Why is it familiar? Because they saw them on the hillsides. They were there. They were about. We knew. I know what a shepherd does, they said. So when he then brings in teaching about shepherds and sheep, they made that connection. Now, you and I don't have that connection so much because we think of the quintessential English pastoral scene of the, of the shepherd sitting up on a rock with his flock displayed below him on a green pasture lawn, and that ain't what it was like, okay? So we have to dismiss those ways of thinking and come to the reality of what a shepherd's life was. Now, we know that King David, who wrote this psalm, was a shepherd himself. That's where he started life. He was the youngest of all the sons, wasn't he? He was the one who was given the rubbish job of being the shepherd, looking after his father's sheep, Jesse's sheep, whilst all the others stood in line on that fateful day when Samuel turned up. He wasn't even there. Why? He was a shepherd with the sheep. So he knew all about what this meant to be a shepherd, what they had to endure, what they had to go through, what they had to put up with on a day-to-day basis. And so when he's now a king in his glorious palace, and we are moving years down the line, he still remembers, he still knows, and that's why he uses so much of this imagery, not only in this psalm, but in so many of the other psalms as well, sheep and shepherding. And I hope we'll touch in part upon how it impacts the the listeners and how it would have a real meaning to them. Anyway, without further ado, it's not a long psalm, let's read it. I know you could probably recite it, we will read it. But it starts, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beautiful. Beautiful psalm. Beautiful psalm. Beautifully crafted. Beautifully put together. It starts off. The Lord is my shepherd. Not the Lord, oh Lord, please be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you hear in this, there is an element of certainty. There is an element of, this is what he is. This isn't up for debate. The Lord is. Do you remember at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, where the very first verse, it says, in the beginning, God. It, it just assumes God's position. In the beginning, God, the Lord, is my shepherd. Not I hope that he will be. Not that I really hope that he might at some point be. He is. If your faith is in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Lord is your shepherd. And it takes that statement. And it's, 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 it's a faith statement. David makes a faith statement by saying he is. He is my shepherd. So here we are in this psalm. God is the shepherd, clearly we understand that. And the writer and we as listeners are the sheep, the flock. Okay, we understand that. But I don't know, for you, I get a wonderful sense in this psalm, straight away, of, 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 of it, it's just being possessed by God. He is ours and we are his. It is like the shepherd provides for us, but we also just delight in him and his provision. Okay, sheep facts. Here's your first one. Sheep can't see very far. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Sheep can see a maximum, they reckon, of 15 meters on a good day. As you get older, I've got the vision of a sheep. <laughs> but they can't see very far. And so when a shepherd wants to have a bit of a rest, because on occasion they don't want to just stand, they, they want to sit down, they want to lie down, what they used to do is they would get their, their staff and they would apparently get it into the ground and they'd take their cloak and they would hang it on the cloak. Why would they do that? They'd do that because the sheep then glance up from their pasture and see, oh, there's a shepherd, because they can't see him too clearly, <laughs> but they can see that there's an image there, Okay. And you say, well, yeah, well, the sheep are easily deceived, aren't they, really, then? But listen, when it comes to the voice, they're not deceived. Because apparently, and this is fact, apparently, that if somebody comes in and stands amongst them, they're not too bothered. But if that person then starts to shout the command for them to follow, to call, they scatter. They're alarmed and they scatter. What is it that Jesus says? Jesus says this, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When you're in Christ, we need to be attuned to that voice, to his voice. How do we hear that voice? Through word, through spending time, through just meditating, being still, knowing he is God and being able to be alive to the prompting of his spirit. We're not to be thrown by the things of this world. And there is a lot of stuff going around at the moment that makes you think, oh, my, my, my focus is off the shepherd. Listen to that voice. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want, he goes on to say. I shall not want. Now, listen, I've just alluded to this. Being a shepherd in the Holy Land, in, the, in, in, in Palestine, is no easy thing. It's hard. It, it, don't get, as I say, get out that idea of rolling hills. The fact is it's tough, it's hostile, it's dry, it's barren, it's full of rocks, it's full of boulders, it's full of stones. It is a hard, hard, hard existence. In fact, I can understand. Probably the more, the, the more references there are probably to rock stones and boulders in the word, isn't there, than there is to sheep and shepherding, thinking about it. There is, you don't go very far without a reference to a rock or a stone. You can understand why. The nation, the country is full of them. So it was a hard, it was a dangerous job. It was, it, it, this, was a, this was a country where bears and lions still were roaming the countryside. And it was the job of the shepherd to protect the sheep and to feed them as well. A really hard job. And yet, amongst those, that job description, if you want, David says, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So what do we make of that? What do you make of that? When you, is this just a bit of sentimental, poetic license that, that David is drifted into? Oh, yeah, I'm a king in a palace now. Oh, I shall not want in the name of the Lord. Is his recollection of what it was like to be out there in the cold and the heat completely disappeared from his thinking? No, 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 not at all. I don't think that's at all. David knew that if he had his faith placed in the living God, if he was laying hold of this place of faith and understanding that God was for him and provides his spiritual needs, then truly they would be met. Truly God can be trusted. Just, just as a sheep needs the provision of the, of the blessing and of the skill set of a good shepherd, we, in God's care, need to know that that can be met for us as well. Why? One of the titles of God? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His grace is sufficient for me. Okay? We need to lay hold of the fact that, yes, in Christ, we shall not want. Because, Why? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Tell you what, very few green pastures in Palestine. No lush green fields there. They're normally just barren, as I say, unfenced areas on, on, on windy hilltops. And, and due to those, those very harsh and, 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 and foreboding circumstances and, and, and environment and terrain, what the shepherd would often do would get, get the sheep back in and bring them into a fold, into an area. Now, again, don't think, oh, yeah, cozy sheep pen. It used to be something just maybe out of rocks, just get them behind some rocks. It may have been some sort of man-made fencing or something, but he would bring them in regularly to a place where they were safe, a resource. God provides spiritual resource for you and me through the refreshment of his word, through the gathering with like-minded brothers and sisters in a place of worship, in the way of reading and feeding and praying and seeking him in a way that brings us nourishment and refreshing when we do these things, the like of which of those that are also living in the world and living in this terrain, as it were, don't know anything about that. They find it unfruitful. They find it barren. They find life hard. They find it difficult. And perhaps no much more time than, than this in the way in which they are thinking. But we have 
been given resource. We have been given the ability to come and take this time. Jesus laid down in the dust of death at Calvary so that you and I could be led into green pastures. That is the price that has been paid for each and every one of us. And we must, therefore, avail ourselves, really take hold of what God has given us. Because I'll give you another sheep fact. Sheep will not stop until they're full in the belly. If they're hungry, apparently, they will continue to wander. They will continue to walk. They will continue to seek out food until they can find it. Because they won't properly rest until they are nourished, until they are satisfied. In fact, so the situation is when they are nourished and when they are fed, they lay down. They actually then lay down because my wandering is over. I am full. I am okay. We all have a spiritual hunger. We all have a spiritual need. Whether we are alive to it and by the grace of God have found salvation in Christ and found that need, found that fulfillment to the point we can lie down or whether, like millions of others, you suppress it, you disregard it, you push it away, you don't want to know about it and yet you do know about it because you try to fulfill it with other things. You try to do other things to feed what is a spiritual hunger. When we come to faith in Jesus, we are filled, we are fueled, we are at peace in our spirit. We can, as I say, lie down in rest and in contentment in Christ. And we can know no more frantic wanderings, no more search of purpose and direction and what should I do? Because he brings a peace, he brings a comfort, and he leads us and causes us to be at peace and at rest. Amen. So you've got that imagery of what the shepherd did. You've got it, how it translates into what we have in Christ. And then he leads me by still waters. Like green pastures, there are no still waters in Palestine. Well, why did David say that then? There is no meandering brook that's going down some leafy passage. I'll tell you why. Because for 10 months of the year, there's no rain out there. So the riverbeds and the, and, the, and the stream areas, as you would have, are baked dry. Do you remember Elijah? When at the beginning of that drought period, the riverbed was dry. There was no water. There was nothing to fuel them. And yet for about two months, on average, assuming a climate change hasn't changed this as well, it's a raging river. The rains come, and there's not a mirandering book. It's a, it's a, it's a, they're torrents, and they're dangerous, and people lose their lives in that time when the rains come. But for the rest of the time, it's, it's absolutely solid. It's dry. So, and you'll have heard this before, because it also comes up in the, in, in the Bible quite a bit. Have you heard the word cisterns? There were cisterns. Now, what's a cistern? A cistern is where a spring comes up to the top and onto the surface. And it then was channeled and often had rocks and slabs put over it. And then it came down to a little pool area. And even those had rocks around it and slabs over it to stop it from being contaminated, but most importantly, to stop it evaporating. 
And those were quite, well, not common, but they were to be found on the hillsides. And when a shepherd found one, he'd normally keep that as a secret or only share it with a, with a, with a mate or two because these were areas where the sheep could come and get that precious life water. The psalmist said, he leads me beside still waters. Do you know, it really touches me to think, you know, we are so needy like the sheep. And again, this speaks of God's provision. It speaks of him providing. It speaks of us. God has come to that place. Well, what are these systems? I've touched upon it. It's, it's communication with God. It's prayer with God. It's, it's in his word. It's spending time with him. It's, it's availing ourselves of the resource that he wants to give you. That is a busy world out there, and it takes up all of your time. It takes up all of your thinking. And what it's trying to do is persuade you, you ain't got time for God. You haven't got time for the waters. You haven't got time for the pastures. You've got to crack on because your life is full on. Okay? Recent survey was done, a little aside, that, uh, uh, that was optimum time. Opti- if you spend in your day optimum time for good family relationships, for work, for sleep, for leisure, for your finances, and there was a list of all the other things. And this study said, right, if you, not, not necessarily the most amount of time you can spend on it, but the, opti- the best amount of time in any given period. Do you know how many hours they worked out? 36 I don't have 36 hours in my day. I don't know you. So there's just so much out there that will demand. So God is saying, be quiet. Come to me. Avail yourself of these spiritual resources. You're not going to cope otherwise. Because burnout is where you're going to go if you do not come to me. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Come away with me and get some peace. Get some quiet. Have a time where we can just be with me. You're you're rabbi, but you're God. You know, there is the the other side of this. We shouldn't be in the place of rest all the time. We are called. We have ministries. We have things that the Lord wants us to do. We have busy lives that I've just spoken of. So we can't be in that place of rest all the time. Because just like the sheep, they came to the cistern. They got their nourishment. They got their water. They got their drink. They were filled. They were refreshed. Why? Because there was a journey to be made. You go on. So when you come to your resource each day, it's because God is equipping you for the day, for this season. And that's why we have to take of it. Just like the sheep needs to come to the system, needs to take the goodness of God. Otherwise, it's going to be a time where he's going to be ill-equipped. We are ill-equipped. The sheep is ill-equipped. The pastures and the waters are Jesus Christ. What did he say of himself? I am the bread of life. I am the water of life. We need to feed from him. We're not going to get through this anywhere near, but anyway. It goes on to say, he restores my soul. Praise God that he restores our soul. Another word for restore? Bring back. That's two words. Bring back. To restore is to bring back. To bring back into right position. So perhaps another way of looking at that verse is to say, he brings me back to where I belong. The Lord brings us back into right alignment with himself. You know, the ancient law used to say this, and if you read your Bible regularly, you know what I'm going to talk about, is that if an animal strayed 
and into somebody else's territory, if it was there for 24 hours, it was the neighbor's. It wasn't yours any longer. And there used to be this, there used to be this rather um, sort of uh, dishonest practice where people would build pits around the edge of their lands on the hope that some strange sheep would come along, fall in it, and guess what? The sheep weren't going to get out, so it was going to be theirs after 24 hours. Now, with that in mind, that gives you some idea of why Jesus spoke about the shepherd leaving the 99 desperately and going to find the lost. Why? Because their time is ticking. It, time is ticking. Now, you may say, oh, yes, yeah, surely this is talking about the unsaved person. Well, yes, it is. But it's also talking about us because if we start drifting away, he needs to get us back into alignment to restore our souls, to bring us back to where we belong. And the time clock ticks. Okay? Now, some animals have homing senses, and it's not only pigeons. Because apparently, well, dogs do, cats do, apparently horses do. They have the ability to find their way back home. You'd have heard some incredible stories about cat owners leaving their cat because they couldn't find them moving away, and the cat gets there under its own ability. Mind-blowing, but there you go. Sheep don't have that. Sheep have nothing of that ability whatsoever. They cannot do that. Once they go beyond a certain distance, there's no way back. They don't know their way home. So you know what I'm going to say. You can start to think, hmm. And it gets into danger. It may endanger its life, and it may fall in a pit. If it goes across the border into someone else's land, he is going to be that person's property after a day. No wonder there was so much rejoicing when Jesus says that he finds the lost sheep and brings it home to restore it to the place where it belongs because we are in imminent danger outside of being where we need to be. Just like the sheep, we don't have the most sensitive of homing devices. We drift, even when you've made, sadly, a commitment to Christ that people can drift sometime, can drift, drift away. And just like the sheep, we need to be brought back. And I tell you what, praise God, that for the people who've never come to faith in Christ, he's still calling. He's still seeking. He's still shouting for them. He's still making forays to find them. He's still knocking on the doors of hearts, waiting for dark hearts to be opened. He's still seeking and looking to save the lost. And even if we're in a pit in our lives, even if we're in a dark place, even if we're in a place where we think, I don't know the way out of this. I'm going through such a fearful, terrible time in my life. He's the voice of the cause. He is the shepherd that cares for you. He is the one who comes to rescue. He is the one who says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So he comes to aid us, to, to, to galvanize us and to strengthen us. As a little aside here, there's a little church in the, on the north coast of Cornwall. And it's called, and some of you may have been there, I've heard of it, St. Endoc. Have you ever heard of St. Endoc, the church? It's a beautiful, tiny church that sits between the sand dunes on the north coast of Cornwall. And it used to be in the middle of a thriving community. And there were regular services there. And it was a beautiful place to worship the Lord. What a wonderful place. But as the community, because of people moving away, began to get quieter, the services became more infrequent. They got to the point where it stopped. They didn't have services there anymore. And because of the fact that where it was positioned between the sand dunes, the sand started to trickle against the side of the church. 
there was no one to sweep it away. No one was coming anymore. And then the sand came up and over and engulfed it and took it to itself. And the only thing, out of like a, a defiant act, was the spire that stuck above the sand. Oof. You think, oh, my days. You need to know about this. The enemy is subtle. And he will try to lure you away in that busy world. Is the sand building up on the side of your spiritual life? Because if it is, you need to start sweeping. Because it does this. And locks you. It's quite a sobering thought. But we have one who leads us to green pastures, by still waters, who is for us and not against us. So please, if you feel, do you know what? I have drifted. Then do something about it. Because the shepherd will come calling, but you don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be in that engulfed situation. Because it's a dark place to be. Good news, they cleaned it out. It's now a beautiful little church that you can visit and they're still having services there. So praise God, there is restoration. The one sheep that was found, perhaps if you look at it, in that place. But the thing is, is that the good shepherd is for you. He will bring you home. He is for you, he's not against you. And he has daily provision for you. This is a day that the Lord has made that we rejoice and be glad in it. You can't rejoice in yesterday. You can be thankful for yesterday, but you can't, you can't live in it. It's gone. All the regrets, all the pain, all the hurt, all the joy, all the love, all the wonderful things of yesterday is gone. It's resigned. It's history. You can't live in tomorrow. I'm fearful. Of this. Yeah, you ain't got there yet. He only gives you one day at a time. That's why it's not in the scripture. They say seize the day. Carpe diem. Why? Because this is the day. This is your moment. Live in this. Live in the joy of this, the blessing of this. Jesus has blessings for you in this day. And this psalm speaks of this blessing. And we need, just like the sheep, to come to the shepherd. Why? Because the shepherd knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. He's best for you. Yeah, but I've been doing this for years, Kev. I, 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 know, you know, I, I know what to do. I thought, no. no. There are old sheep in the flock as well. The shepherd cares for them. Anoints their heads with oil. He provides, he cares, he upholds, he strengthens. This is the beautiful lamb of God. He's a shepherd, but he's also the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Please, read this psalm. such a short psalm. But take each verse and pray and ask God to make it your psalm and to reveal more of this beautiful meaning to your heart. Perhaps we'll get a chance to finish it on another day. But I, I just delight in this psalm. I delight in this psalm. It's often passed over quickly. Why? Because everyone knows it. Yes, they do. But that doesn't detract or take away in any sense its meaning, its power, its goodness, its grace, its provision. Bless you. Thank you. Read that psalm and take it as your own. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning. Or... Join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.